The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Welcome, everyone. Happy Tuesday. I am your host, Daniel Port. Thanks so much for joining us. In fact, thank you for joining me today on my birthday. And I can't think of a better way to kick off my birthday than to talk some baseball with you all. There was a lot of stuff that happened on Monday, and we're going to just jump right in, starting with the injuries, news, and notes from the day. So starting with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Cattell Marte is listed as day-to-day with a hamstring injury. For the Atlanta Braves, Eddie Rosario is listed as day-to-day with a hamstring injury. He's expected to miss the next game or two. Kyle Wright is also listed day-to-day with an arm injury. He is expected to start late this week. And Max Fried is coming back from a concussion and is expected to return from the seven-day injured list later this week. For the Boston Red Sox, Enrique Hernandez is expected to be reinstated from the 60-day injured list today as he comes back from a hip injury. Tanner Houck saw a spine specialist yesterday. We'll be watching the news to see what the results of that meeting is. For the Chicago Cubs, Kyle Hendricks has been cleared to resume throwing as he comes back from a shoulder injury. And Wade Miley will make his fourth rehab start sometime next week as he also attempts to come back from a shoulder injury. For the Chicago White Sox, Luis Robert is listed as day-to-day with a wrist injury. For the Cincinnati Reds, Jonathan India is listed day-to-day after being hit in uh, the leg with a pitch on Sunday. And Nick Senzel is not in the starting lineup either on Monday as he is day-to-day with a hamstring injury. For the Cleveland Guardians, Josh Naylor was replaced in the fourth inning due to an apparent ankle injury during Game 2 of their doubleheader against the Tigers. The Guardians have been really careful with Naylor ever since he broke his leg last season, so I would not be shocked if he misses a game or two. For the Detroit Tigers, Eduardo Rodriguez is starting for AAA Toledo today as he attempts to come back from his absence from the Tigers. The Houston Astros have Jeremy Pena listed day-to-day. He was removed from the lineup for Monday's game against the White Sox due to neck stiffness. For the Kansas City Royals, Hunter Dozier was placed on the paternity list yesterday. Congratulations, Hunter. Good luck. For the Los Angeles Angels, David Fletcher is listed day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. And Mickey Moniak had the stitches removed from his left middle finger on Friday and could start swinging a bat next week. For the Los Angeles Dodgers, Walker Buehler will unfortunately undergo season-ending elbow surgery on August 23rd. For the Milwaukee Brewers, Omar Narvaez began a rehab assignment at AAA Nashville yesterday as he attempts to come back from a quadriceps injury. For the Minnesota Twins, it was announced Kyle Garlick has been able to play like catch, but is still too sore to swing a bat thanks to a rib cage contusion he's been dealing with that placed him on the uh, injured list. Jorge Polanco is listed as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. For the Mets, Carlos Carrasco is listed as day-to-day. He left his start early with a side injury, 
and Thomas Nido was also listed as out for an undisclosed reason. For the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu was listed as day-to-day with a toe injury. He did not start on Monday against the Rays. He underwent an MRI that re- revealed inflammation. We'll have to keep an eye on his status today. The Oakland Athletics have listed Ramon Laureano as day-to-day. He was not in the lineup on Monday with a side injury against the Rangers. We'll keep an eye on his status. For the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper took 60 swings on Monday as he attempts to come back from his thumb injury. Kyle Schwarber was listed as day-to-day with a calf injury. He did not play on Monday against the Reds. And Corey Knable was placed on the 15-day injury list with a lat strain. The Giants have listed Jock Peterson as day-to-day with a hand injury. Peterson did not start in Monday's game against the Diamondbacks, but he did make a pinch hit appearance. So that is a good sign. We'll keep an eye on his status for today. The Tampa Bay Rays announced that Wander Franco could return from the 10-day injury list as early as this weekend as he comes back from a wrist injury. Now, there were bunch of hitters that caught my eye in yesterday's games, and I'll try to hit as many of them as I can here. For the Guardians, Stephen Kwan went 3-for-8 with an RBI. If you've listened to this podcast, I've been recommending Kwan for a while now, but over his last seven games, he's at 286 with a 375 OBP and a 464 slug, hitting every day in the leadoff position for the Guardians. Over that time period, he's got six runs scored. He's stolen three bases in his last seven games and four bases over his last 15 games. This is a guy who could be a real game changer for you down uh, the stretch if you need batting average, runs scored, or stolen bases. He's still pretty widely available in a lot of leagues, so definitely go pick him up. Also for the Guardians, Oscar Gonzalez went four for eight with a run scored and, a, and two doubles across both games. He's hitting 305 on the season with a 458 slugging percentage. Over his last seven games and over his last 15 games, he's hitting 339 with a 508 slugging percentage. And let me tell you, the double he hit in the first game off of Drew Hutchinson missed being a home run by about two feet uh, when it bounced off of the little green monster there in, in progressive field. Gonzalez has been hitting the ball hard all season, but the big problem was he wasn't hitting the ball in the air. It wasn't quite squaring up as much as we would have liked to have seen. And I had said a couple weeks ago to keep an eye on Gonzalez, and if he started hitting the ball in the air, look out, we could start seeing some real power output from him. And you start to see that since August 1st, he has a 13.9 degree launch angle with an 8.3% barrel rate, all which is higher than most of his season output, along with a 44.4% hard hit rate. It all kind of bodes to the idea that this power could still be coming. It may not come until next year, but we may start seeing some of his doubles start going over the fence pretty darn soon here. So keep an eye on Oscar Gonzalez. For the Phillies, Bryson Stott went three for five with a stolen base. And he's actually been on fire. He's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. Over his last seven games, he's 448 with a 517 slugging percentage and a 484 OBP. He's got three home runs in his last seven games and two stolen bases. This is the dream. Stott has been one of the biggest prospects in baseball, and he hadn't quite yet put it all together, but this could be a sign that he's really starting to make that leap, and it could be all gravy from here for the rest of the season. Prior to August 1st, Stott had a 3.6% barrel rate with a 87.9 mile per hour Exit velocity at 15.4 degree launch angle and a 33.7% hard hit rate. All of those numbers have gone skyrocketing up since August 1st. His barrel rate is up to 8.6%. His launch angle is at 13.5 degrees, stayed right in line, and a 91.9 mile per hour exit velocity with a 48.6% hard hit rate. He is absolutely smoking the ball right now. He's even making a lot more contact with the ball. His contact rate is up to 89.7% overall. He's making way more contact in the zone at 92%. Definitely go pick up Bryson's Stott before your league mates do coming here down the stretch. 
For the Reds, Jake Fraley went one for four with a home run, a run, and an RBI. That was his fourth home run on the season, and his second home run in his last seven games where he's hitting 391 with a 739 slugging percentage. He's been absolutely on fire, and unfortunately, it's mostly in a platoon role uh, here for the Reds. He's crushing right-handed pitching to the tune of an 866 OPS with all four of his home runs hit against right-handers and four more doubles in just 63 at-bats. I could easily see maybe taking a look at Fraley in daily leagues or Otnu leagues if you really need that help when he's facing a right-hander because he absolutely just destroys them. Otherwise, you can probably move on. For the Marlins, John Birdie went two for four with a double and a stolen base. He's back. That's really encouraging to see. We were worried if when he came back from that leg injury, if he would continue to steal bases. And so seeing him pick one up already is really encouraging. If some folks dropped him, I noticed he's still out there in some leagues. Go pick him up before they realize the mistake that they've made. J.J. Blade also for the Marlins went one for four with a home run. This is his third home run in the season. While he's in just 208 over his last seven games, he has a 345 OBP and a 500 slug to go with that home run. And he actually has a stolen base there as well. And he's been absolutely crushed. Rushing the ball for power. He's a 15.7% walk rate in August to go with a 23.5% K rate. Those numbers are really encouraging to go along with that home run. He actually has a triple and two doubles over that time period as well. I don't know if the average is going to be there this year. I don't think that's going to come around probably until next year, but definitely the power stroke seems to be getting going. So if you need power and maybe even the occasional stolen base, JJ Blade might be a good pickup. For the Cubs, Fran Mill Reyes went one for four with an RBI and a triple. He's actually been hitting really well for the Cubs since coming over there. He's in 333 with a 619 slugging percentage with a home run and that triple. Uh, he is a 36.4% line drive rate over that time period. He's still striking out way too much at 35.3%, but he's not changing all that much as he's only has a nose swing of around 30% as well. If nothing else, he's going to get playing time for the Cubs and he should hit for some power, especially on some of those days when the wind is blowing out there in Wrigley. For Nico Horner, he went one for four with a double and Horner's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. He's hitting 370 with a 452 OEP and a 593 slug over his last seven games with a home run and three runs scored in four RBIs. He's got three doubles over his last two games, but the thing is, I don't necessarily expect this power to continue. He's definitely going to hit for average, and he's going to steal bases. Those are the two things that he does really well. Uh, he's got 12 steals on the year. He's hitting 301 on the season, but there isn't really a ton of stat cast evidence to really back up all this power. Now, for the Royals, Vinny Pasquinito, reigning AL Player of the Week, just continued crushing the ball today. He went one for three with his eighth home run and two RBIs at a walk. Over his last seven games, there may not be a better hitter in baseball right now, as Pasquinito is hitting 440 with a 500 OBP and a 1.080 slugging percentage. He has five home runs in his last seven games. He's just been absolutely demolishing the ball and the stat cast information backs it up in august here he has a 12.2 percent barrel rate with a 48.8 hard hit percentage a 12.2 degree launch angle and a 92.2 uh, mile per hour exit velocity if you really want to be encouraged he's hitting the ball in the air 43.9 percent of the time with a 22.2 percent home run per fly ball rate while pulling the ball at a 48.8 percent rate. These are all really encouraging power numbers and tell me that this is Pasquino just getting started. For the Braves, Willem Contreras went one for four 
with a home run and a walk. That was his 16th home run on the season, and he's cooled off a little bit over his last seven games as he's at just 267 with a 433 slugging percentage. But over his last 15 games, he's still hitting 276 with a 569 slugging percentage with five home runs in his last 15 games. As catchers go, it's hard to find much better right now, and I find some really encouraging things in his cast numbers, like his 12.3% barrel rate. Definitely go pick up Contreras if he is out there in your leagues. For the Giants, J.D. Davis went 2-for-3 with a double and two runs scored since coming to the Giants. In August, he is hitting 345 with a 424 OBP and a 690 slugging percentage. He's got three home runs in the month, and he is just absolutely raking and is now starting to play every day, which is all we've ever for J.D. Davis. Uh, he's out there in a ton of leagues right now because a lot of people haven't caught on yet. Go pick him up. Evan Longoria went 1-for-2 with a home run. Two RBIs and a run scored. The homer's nice to see, but I haven't seen really any signs yet that he's really fully healthy. He's gotten it going yet this season. So keep an eye on Longoria in case it's the start of a hot streak, but do not go running out to pick him up yet. So those are the hitters that caught my eye. But let's jump over to the pitching because there's a ton of really interesting pitchers as well. Real quick, for the Mets, Carlos Carrasco only went two innings pitch, giving up three earned runs and just one strikeout. But most of it's because he left the game with a side injury in the second inning. It was a whole mess. There was a 55-minute rain delay there in the second inning. I don't know what the Mets were thinking. But they let him go back out there after 55 minutes and go back out there and start pitching again. And immediately he hurts himself. I don't understand it, but I'm not a doctor. Who knows? But nonetheless, we'll have to wait and see for more on Carlos Carrasco's injury status here. For the Giants, Alex Cobb went 5.1 innings pitched, but giving up one earned run with five strikeouts and three walks. Actually, Cobb's been pretty good over his last seven games. He's got a 319 ERA with six of his last 11 starts being of the quality start variety. The thing is, it's worth noting that even during that run, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. He basically either gives up no runs in a start or gives up three or four or five over fewer than six innings. While I admit he's pitching really well, be careful when you go to spot start him or pick him up. He's throwing his changeup more and it's been his best pitch all season. So that's absolutely been a big key part of this turnaround. He's in Colorado for his next start. Now, Colorado has been the third best team in runs scored at home since July 1st, so I'm probably not starting him there, but I understand it if you do, considering he's pitched so well recently. For the Guardians, Aaron Savale was absolutely electric. He went six innings pitch, giving up one earned run. He struck out 10 Tigers in this game. It may honestly have been the best start of Savale's career so far. He looked healthy for the first time all season, maybe even healthy for the first time uh, since last season, as curveball was outrageously good. He threw it 44% of the time. In fact, that was his most used pitch. That was his main pitch on the day. He had 11 whiffs on 16 swings to go along with a 64% uh, CSW rate. That's incredible. If he continues that, this pitch is going to be lights out, and he's going to be fantastic the rest of the season. I admit it was the Tigers, so you have to take it with a grain of salt, but there's a ton to like in this game, even though his cutter, which is his other signature pitch, got a 38% CSW rate, so both pitches look really good. He actually led all pitchers tonight in whiffs. I've long been a Savali believer. Anyone who's listened to me or reads my writing knows that, but if this continues, he could be absolutely huge down the stretches. The Guardians have a pretty good lineup for the rest of the season. He does get the White Sox next in Cleveland, so I get sitting him for that one, but watch him closely. I might even start him in that game, given how well he pitched in this one. For the Phillies, Noah Syndergaard went seven innings pitched with three earned runs and six strikeouts. Since coming to Philly, Syndergaard has two quality starts in his last three starts, 
but they did come against Miami and Cincinnati. Take them with a grain of salt as well. Getting six strikeouts was nice in this start, though, and his curveball in particular is pretty effective. It had an 88% CSW rate and had 11 whiffs on the night, so definitely very effective for him. I'm not going to expect any shutouts in any given start from Syndergaard. I think he's more of a high-floor guy where he's going to probably go for that quality start every time he goes out, but not much more. And he does get the Mets in his next start, so I'm not starting him there, but keep an eye on him. And when he's in a good matchup, he's definitely a great streamer pick. Xavier Curry made his major league debut for the Guardians, going five innings pitched with three earned runs given up and three strikeouts. And not too bad for your first start as a rookie. Despite giving up a, a bunch of hits and getting a little bit unlucky, babe wise at times, his stuff looked nasty at various points throughout the game, especially his slider. Generated seven whiffs on 13 swings in just 20 pitches. Had a 40 CSW rate on the night. Just There were parts of this start that looked really promising and, and very encouraging. He'll likely be sent down tomorrow as they don't necessarily need him again until the next doubleheader they run into or if someone gets hurt or whatnot so most likely he's just a name uh, to keep an eye on for next year but if there's something uh, does occur and he ends up getting an extended look at some point this season he could be a really good pickup so keep an eye on Xavier Curry rest of season here for the Cubs, Marcus Stroman with 4.2 innings pitched, giving up zero earned runs, but giving up four runs overall, four strikeouts. It's nice to see him pitch all right after he got shellacked in his last start. His defense let him down, obviously, since none of those runs were earned. But perhaps the best sign of the evening was that he didn't give up any home runs in this start. Um, he gave up four home runs over his last two starts, which is very unstroman. So uh, it was good to see him get back on track there. But also, again, this was against Washington, and so I'm not quite back in yet on Stroman. He gets the Brewers next, and that's a a pretty darn good offense, so I'm not starting there most likely, but if he does well there, then I'm back on board. For the Nationals, Josiah Gray went six innings pitched with three earned runs, giving up two walks and ten strikeouts. Ten strikeouts in a quality start is huge for Gray. This is actually his second start in a row against the Cubs, and he registered his second consecutive quality start in those starts. He did give up two home runs in the start, which is his Achilles heel all season long. He served up 14 home runs in his last seven starts, which is abysmal and in those seven starts he also walked 13 hitters you put those two things together as a recipe for disaster so until those two numbers get fixed i can't really see being interested in gray especially since he gets the padres next in his next start so uh, i'm i'm not going after josiah gray yet but this is definitely a really encouraging start for the twins joe ryan went 5.1 in his pitch with two earned runs two walks and six strikeouts this is a nice bounce back start for ryan he has 19 strikeouts over his last three starts and in this one his fastball got the most whiffs at seven but he only got one more from his changeup and one more from his slider in terms of whiffs and that ain't gonna cut it he'll need to get more than that if he really wants to turn things around against the better offenses now in his next start he gets texas who scored the six most runs since July 1st in the majors. So I'm waiting at least one more start to see if he's back. If he pitches on that one, then maybe I, I think he probably is turning a corner, but we'll see how he does in Texas. For the Rangers, Glenn Otto in six, point, uh, six innings pitched with one earned run, six strikeouts. Otto's actually been solid over his last three starts, uh, all with quality starts in two of those starts. But facing the A's, that certainly helps. He's been leaning on a slider a lot more and has nearly abandoned his changeup completely, which is good. It's not a great pitch, which could help explain the recent success. But he's still giving up 1.64 home runs per nine over those starts. And until that changes, I'm skeptical that this can continue in any way, shape, or form. So I am out on Glenn Otto still. He's at, for the athletics, James Caprellian went 5.1 innings pitch with two earned runs and five strikeouts. Caprellian's been actually pretty darn good for a little while now he's over his last seven starts he's at 2.63 era 
with 28 strikeouts and 37.2 innings pitched with a 1.25 whip. He's been throwing his curveball a lot more, and that has changed both the curveball success rate and his success rate overall. It's gotten really good results. But most importantly, though, he's throwing way more first pitch strikes. He's actually raised his first pitch strike 10% in August, up to about 64%, which is up from 54% for the other parts of that season. It's made a huge difference for him, allows him to better use his other, uh, use his uh, great stuff like his curveball to get hitters out. He gets Seattle in his next start. I'm probably starting him there, given how well he's pitched lately, especially if you need a spot starter or a streamer. Finally, uh, finally for the White Sox, Johnny Cueto went eight innings pitched, giving up just uh, one earned run with two runs overall, and he got three strikeouts. Somehow, wildly enough, Johnny Cueto is still available in a ton of leagues despite his resurgent year. He has a 2.16 ERA over his last seven starts and a 3.12 earned run average over his last 15 starts. He hasn't given up more than three runs in an outing since May 28th, which is just absolutely astonishing. He's thrown nine consecutive quality starts. He's honestly must start, let alone should you stream him or pick him up. You need to add him to your rotation right now if he's out there in your league. He's just been so very good this season, and he gets Cleveland's up and down offense in his next matchup. So that's a pretty darn good matchup for him, and he's pitched well against him so far this season. So those are the pitchers and the hitters that really caught my eye yesterday. But before we jump into what I'm looking forward to today, let's take a quick break here. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Thank you. Awesome. One last thing here. Let's actually check in with Mark Paquette for the weather. Thank you very much. They look like we have a couple of nuisance weather spots today. They're going to be in Pittsburgh as the Red Sox visit the Pirates in the Intro League Series. And in Cincinnati, where the Phillies are in town for National League matchup. I'm not expecting a postponed thing. I actually would be surprised by the way. But just something to keep an eye on. Thank you, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Mark. So now let's talk about what I'm looking forward to today. So first off, the Rays are playing the Yankees, and that should be a real fun game with Jeffrey Springs going against Nestor Cortez. The Jays are playing the Orioles, two teams fighting for the wild card there. Could have huge ramifications with Dean Kramer going up against Alec Manoa. The Mets are playing the Braves. That should be a fun, fun game. Taewon Walker is going against Charlie Morton. And in my favorite game, and this is the must-watch game of the day, the Astros are going up against the White Sox with Justin Verlander going up against Dylan Cease. That's incredible. It's two pitchers with ERAs under two that have just been pitching lights out all season long. Should be a ton of fun. In terms of hitters I'm looking to stream today, I like the Twins against Zach Greinke. If, if you're thinking of Jose Miranda 
or hitters like that. They could be really nice here against Grinky. Any Cardinals you can get your hands on against Kyle Freeland of the Rockies, as Freeland's been bad all season, uh, could be a really nice opportunity. And finally, any of the Cubs, say, Fran Reyes, as we talked about earlier, against Patrick Corbin. Those could be some really nice matchups there for hitters. Now, in terms of pitchers I'm looking to stream, my number one pick on the day is Justin Steele for the Cubs going up against the Nationals. Uh, that should be a really nice opportunity for him, and he's been pitching really well lately. I also like Zach Plesak against the Tigers. I also like Nick Pavetta against the Pirates. So Pavetta has not been great recently. It is the Pirates. It's a pretty darn good opportunity there. And finally, Jose Suarez against the Mariners. The Mariners are a pretty good offense, but Jose Suarez has been pitching uh, really well lately. And so I don't uh, hate starting him there if none of these other guys are available. So that's it. That's all of the baseball action from yesterday and what I'm looking forward to today. Enjoy the baseball day, everyone. I'm going to go enjoy my birthday. And uh, everyone just have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.